0: Need one more reason why your Safeway store is just better? How about free Cuisinart Classic Cutlery or Elite Flatware? That's right. For every $10 you spend, earn a free stamp saver you can redeem for Cuisinart items. Once you've collected between 30 and 60 stamps, you could start shopping for a variety of Cuisinart cutlery or flatware available at the in-store display. Present your items and stamp saver at checkout. It's simple. Spend $10, get your free stamp saver, start collecting. Safeway, it's just better.
1: Love, Hope,
0: Radio.
1: You're listening to Holistic Living, brought to you by East West Healing and Performance.
0: And now, here are your hosts, Josh and Jeannie Rubin. Hey, everyone. This
1: is Josh Rubin and Jeannie from uh, Holistic Living. We're having, we got to get Ray Pete on, obviously this is what I show about, and we have to call him in because it doesn't have long distance, so the first couple of minutes you've got to be with us, um, because we run into some technical difficulties, <laughs> so I'm going to get Jeannie to actually get him on, so you're going to hear me for two seconds talking to her, what you're going to do is basically uh, call him, no, call into the show, and then go to join conference, dial that number, and he should come on, and you should both be on, let me know if you have trouble. All right, so today we're going to be talking about Ray Pete. I'm going to let him introduce himself because the guy's a researcher, an educator, an artist, you name it. And a lot of what he teaches and preaches definitely goes against the grain. So, um, and hopefully we can get him on the show because I'm going to be really disappointed. Um, I thought I had this conferencing down pat, but obviously I'm having some technical difficulties with this. Um, as I stated before, there's already people calling in. Unfortunately, I'm not going to take callers only because we only have an hour. He's got a lot to say stuff's against the grain, and I don't feel like people calling in starting conflict. So if I do have time at the end, we will take callers. Um, but as of now, I'm not going to take callers, unfortunately. Um, he's not on. There are some callers, so maybe I'll take him, But um, let's just go some, through some of the dirty work. Um, don't forget, as we always say, check out our website, eastwesthealing.com. We get tons of free information on there from YouTube to our blog to our Blog Talk Radio. Everything we do is is free on there. So check it out. It's a wealth of information for yourself, clients. You know, we work with clients all over the world and we have free consultations. So feel free to give us a call anytime. Um all our information's on our website. So um let me just take one of the calls before you start while we're waiting for Ray to come on. Uh let's see. Hello. Hello. You know this happens, guys? And I have to be honest with you. I know it's a radio show. It's technology. But people call in, and I answer the call, and they don't say anything. And I have to be honest with you. It slightly irritates me. So if you're going to call in, you're going to be waiting. Listen, and if I say hello, that means you go, oh, hey, here's my question. Because if I don't hear anything, I'm going to just delete you. So let me check in with Jeannie to see where we're at, see if she has them on.
0: Is that an eight or a nine?
1: That's a... Uh, That would be a... Sorry, guys. It's nine. We're just trying to get him on because he doesn't have long distance, and I thought I had this conference thing down pat. Let me know when he's on. I think we might have him. Hi, Ray. How are you? All right, guys. I think I got him. Are you... Hello, G. Hello.
0: I got hey, it. Hey Ray, we got you on the
1: show. <laughs> I got I got concerned for a second because I was having trouble dialing through my host pin, but we got you on. Sweet. Okay.
0: Thanks for joining us so, today.
1: Mm-hmm. So today we're going to be talking about polyunsaturated fatty acids, and of course, as you know, you've obviously done way more research in, on this subject than probably most people. It's it's quite a well. It's quite a controversial topic because a lot of people are, are promoting taking these oils or eating these foods. So I wanted to, you know, on our show, get your approach because we've, we've studied you for years, and it's definitely brain-twisting for a lot of people. Um, there's a lot of people that have a lot of questions. We have a lot of questions, and we want to get in as much as we can. But I want maybe, if you want, I know you have a, a history, if you want to just give a, just a brief introduction to kind of who you are, and maybe why you do what you do.
2: Okay. Um, I was um, starting to study uh, brain physiology uh, in the 1968 when I went to University of Oregon and uh, found that the, the best scientists were working in reproductive physiology. And uh, so even though the brain was my center of interest, I did my PhD work on uh, reproductive physiology in particularly female aging. And uh, studying the effects of estrogen and the changes with aging, I saw that the old animals actually had more estrogen stimulation in their tissues than younger animals. And it was working basically like uh, contraceptive pills to Prevent fertility after middle age, and um, I noticed that the um, the, the uterus, as under the influ- influence of aging and estrogen, uh, typically were darkened and contained a brown pigment, and that got me interested in how how that pigment develops uh, through aging, estrogen excess or radiation is another thing that can cause it, or deprivation of oxygen. So I started studying this pigment, which is called lipofuscin, or age pigment, and saw that um, it had been uh, studied quite a lot in the 1930s and 40s. They found that they were uh, killing their animals by feeding them too much of the uh, seeds, that were rich in polyunsaturated fats or fish in some cases such as uh, mink uh, were the ones that were being killed by an excess of of fish in the diet. But even horse meat uh, was killing um, animals like mink, which um, were carnivorous. And so if the horses had eaten uh, flax or, or linseed, um, their fat was toxic to the carna- carnivorous animals, and uh, in the animals that ate too much of the unsaturated fats, uh, they, they developed um, yellow fat disease, which uh, in mink it developed uh, paralysis fairly quickly of the hind quarters and uh, then it would kill them, and it would turn out that their fat tissue was inflamed and waterlogged, and uh, eventually it would turn yellow or brown. And that's the same pigment that appears in uh, the um, uterus that has been overexposed to estrogen or in the skin of an old person that has been exposed to sunlight And uh, the brain, uh, all the organs develop this pigment with aging, but it develops in proportion to the amount of unsaturated fats in the diet. And the essential toxic effect of it is that it consumes oxygen even faster than the unoxidized uh, unsaturated fatty acids. It acts as an enzyme equivalent, uh, directly wasting energy and oxygen uh, producing some hydrogen peroxide in the process uh, and a variety of toxic effects, but uh, oxygen wasting is really an essential factor. Uh, It also uh, poisons in more direct ways the respiratory enzymes and the cellular cleanup systems, uh, the proteolytic enzymes that uh, should remove uh, defective proteins, and that's seen in in the brain of Alzheimer's patients. Uh, they accumulate a lot of these um, highly unsaturated oils, such as EPA and DHA, and uh, in the process, these these fats inactivate the enzymes which should remove the um, Uh, toxic proteins, such as the prion protein that is associated with all of the brain degenerative diseases. And similar things uh, have different effects in different tissues. In cancer, for example, uh, the proteolytic enzymes are also inhibited. uh, But cancer cells have a a pretty strong defense against lipid peroxidation. So it, it takes a very high level of lipid peroxide to um, kill cancer cells, where it will uh, damage heart cells and brain cells very easily.
1: So we, we kind of jumped ahead, which is good, because that's what people want to hear about, because a lot of people want to know about th- these fats. I want to just rewind it a little so people understand, you know, this, well, there's more than three, but our body kind of, um, or our diets consist of proteins, carbs, and fats. So we're going to be talking about more on fats, but maybe just for the lay listening, can you explain the role of proteins and carbs and fats in the body before we go into the PUFAs?
2: Um, well, the the basic structure of the body is built of, of proteins, and it's um, the function of the protein is, is um, to partly to to produce energy and to replicate itself, uh, but the, the functional uh, and structural proteins are uh, the the reason we have to eat protein constantly. Uh, the fats are they, we can synthesize our own uh, saturated and unsaturated fats uh, when we synthesize the highly unsaturated fats ourselves from. Eating either sugar or protein. Uh, The longer uh, unsaturated fats are are called mead acid and the derivatives of that. And uh, the uh, sugars are able to um, produce energy and so uh, make it unnecessary to convert protein to energy, but in the absence of sugar or fat, we can Easily convert protein into fat and sugar uh, to produce energy. Right.
1: So obviously, we're going to be talking about more about fats. This is kind of the the source of why we're here. Um, you kind of just talked about their role. Um, why do you think there's such a misconception about healthy versus non healthy fats? Um, oh, can it, you talk it about- started. It, the misconception started
2: very quickly in um, the 1940s, when uh, the, um, the the agricultural chemists uh, found that they could um, fatten their animals faster if they poisoned their um, metabolic systems with an antithyroid drug, and they would uh, get fat on very little food. Uh, then that turned out to leave a uh, car- carcinogenic residue in the, the meat. So they they found out that corn and soy beans uh, contained these polyunsaturated fats that would uh, suppress the respiration of the animals and make them get fat on very little food. Um, but in the process, uh, they found that they were getting these uh, yellow fat disease and uh, brain degeneration uh, degeneration of the gonads, infertility, and so on, uh, and the um, function of vitamin E in the 1930s had been identified as an anti-estrogen. But I mentioned that estrogen accelerates the uh, the breakdown of these fats, and uh, as the they saw a connection between excess estrogen and excess polyunsaturated fats and began using vitamin E as an antioxidant uh, rather than an anti-estrogen. Uh, so the um, new definition of vitamin E became very important because the agricultural industry was uh, turning to um, the very fattening diet of um, high polyunsaturated um, oil uh, for foods uh, such as corn and soybeans. And uh, so um, to protect against the uh, uh, very toxic effects that killed their animals prematurely, they would uh, use vitamin E and so it became known as an antioxidant rather than an anti-estrogen. Mm-hmm. And the the um, uh, Medical people uh, noticed that uh, cholesterol was lowered in the process of uh, eating a lot of these polyunsaturated fats, and that led to the um, spreading of the the marketing of unsaturated fats to the human uh, food supply rather than just for the fattening uh, farm animals, and since people didn't want to uh, uh gain weight on the least amount of food uh, they needed a new reason for selling their their fats uh to to humans and lowering cholesterol became the excuse in humans. but the agriculturists uh knew all through the nineteen forties that the um uh corn and soy oils were um, very fattening and uh, eventually very toxic, but since they sold their animals, as soon as they reached a marketable size, they didn't care if they died uh, later. Uh, They were killing them before they had a chance to die of the degenerative diseases.
1: So nowadays, when, when we're talking about fats, like most people, I think a lot of people have misconceptions about what fats are in our diet. And maybe could you give us just what your thoughts are and what the fats are in the current diet today? What, where uh, most yeah. people are getting there. Uh,
2: people are still talking about essential fatty acids uh, as if they were almost a vitamin. Uh, when I was a kid in school, uh, there was, um, whenever nutritionists would mention uh, the unsaturated fatty acids, they would say uh, possibly essential or uh, mentioning a controversy as to whether they were essential or not. In 1929, uh, two researchers working uh, for the agricultural uh, industry, uh, the Burrs. Uh, claimed that the uh, linoleic acid and linolenic acid uh which are now called the essential fatty acids that they were essential nutrients uh previously uh several researchers had demonstrated that uh animals could live uh perfectly without those if they were given uh vitamin rich food protein rich food and in fact uh, some german researchers found that uh, animals didn't develop cancer something like 99% of cancers didn't develop when animals were deprived of linoleic and linolenic acids but the birds ignored uh, the previous existing evidence that uh, these fats are not essential uh, they produced uh, skin disease uh, and uh, uh, gonadal uh, defects when they deprived the animals of of these two fatty acids. But uh, at that time, uh, only two of the B vitamins were known, and uh, about three years later, uh, one of these researchers. Uh, put one of his uh, fatty acid-deficient rats in a a chamber to measure its oxygen consumption and found that when it was deficient in uh, essential fatty acids, it was metabolizing 50% faster than normal, burning calories at a tremendous rate. And so its nutrition requirements were very high but they were giving it just the same diet that they would feed ordinary animals. And in the 1940s, the the Burrs never followed up on the meaning of that, but in the 1940s, uh, researchers found that vitamin B6 deficiency causes exactly the symptoms that were blamed on the uh, linoleic acid deficiency. So they fed their animals the diet that the burrs had used to demonstrate the so-called essentiality and uh, created the symptoms that the burrs had produced. Then they gave the animals only extra vitamin B6 and cured the condition. So what the burrs had demonstrated was that the essential fatty acids slow metabolism, making them need less food, uh, and so prevented... A deficiency on a deficient diet, but um, given a diet without those fats, but uh, with adequate vitamin B6, there were no symptoms produced. Um, but when the, the oil industry wanted to market their products, the, the metabolism suppressing fatty acids, they uh, simply ignored the fact that the Burr's work had been Totally invalidated. And uh, now, uh, 70 years later, uh, 80 years later, they're still citing the work of the burrs as uh, the evidence that fatty acids, uh, uh, linoleic and linoleic, are essential. But now, for 65 years, it's been perfectly established that they are not essential.
0: Right.
1: Right. Yeah. I hey, mean, it's, it's like Go ahead, you Go ahead. That's, that's
0: okay, Josh. Go ahead. I was just going to ask, besides omega three, which is linoleic acid, and omega six, which is the linolenic acid, you know, for the, for the listeners, where else in our food supply do we consume these polyunsaturated fatty acids?
2: Uh, I didn't hear the last part of your question.
0: I was saying, you know, besides the omega threes and the omega sixes for the purpose of the show and the listeners where else in our food supply do we consume these polyunsaturated fatty acids
2: oh, oh um well all natural foods contain uh, small amounts of um some of the polyunsaturated fats like uh coconut oil contains about 1% mm-hmm. and uh beef lamb milk and cheese contain a couple percent depending on what they ate uh but the um the, the really risky sources um for example when you get above uh the equivalent of about a teaspoonful of of the polyunsaturated fats per day for a person uh, four grams a day is um where the, the uh breakdown of these um uh, starts showing an increased incidence of cancer and other degenerative diseases. And if you don't specialize in the foods that are naturally low in those fatty acids, uh, you increase your risk of uh, all of the uh, toxic or degenerative influences. And the foods that are richest in these uh, unstable and potentially toxic oils are grains, seeds, nuts, vegetables in general, and uh, all of the animals which are not ruminants which have eaten the vegetable uh, polyunsaturated fats so that uh, horses, rabbits, chickens, which are not ruminants, uh, Mm -hmm. will reflect in their diet, Uh, pigs, uh, will reflect in their diet pretty exactly what they've uh, been eating as as they grew up, and uh, fish uh, eat uh, algae and and smaller organisms that have eaten algae, and uh, get a very high uh, concentration of these polyunsaturated.
1: Mm-hmm. Right. <clears throat> so most people, I would assume, there's a lot of practitioners and average people listening. People are overdoing seeds or overdoing nuts, and I don't think people realize, you know, from reading yourself, why the seeds of the plants produce these polyunsaturated fatty acids. And when you say um, vegetables, could you be a little bit more specific, just for the listeners, so they have an understanding? When you say vegetables, you're talking above ground, below ground, you're talking green.
2: Yeah, if, if you um, think of of where corn normally grows or soybeans, um, in uh, say Iowa uh the uh corn produces its seed and the seed uh sits on the ground for um, a few months during the winter and uh sprouts has to begin sprouting when the weather is still uh, fairly cool uh so that the the seed is basically kept in refrigeration uh all through the winter And then when it starts warming up a little, it sprouts and uh, produces new plant. Uh, And it contains enough vitamin E that under this uh, refrigerated situation, these polyunsaturated fats are stable enough uh, that uh, then the, the, um, the seed is still alive. But if you kept the seed Warm all winter uh, at say the temperature of a human body, uh, these oils would react with oxygen, and uh, the seed would would uh, be dead by springtime. And the um, since the enzymes have to become active uh, when the temperature is maybe uh, 40 degrees or 50 degrees in the spring if the oils were uh, completely saturated they would be like butter in the refrigerator at 40 degrees uh, hard and immobile and so the unsaturated fats are still liquid and mobile at refrigerator temperature um if a fish uh lives at uh, say uh, 20 or 30 uh, degrees they can stand very cold temperatures if they have uh, very polyunsaturated fats. Uh, the, they act as an antifreeze, and uh, the the fish, if it uh, contained saturated fats, would be as uh, stiff like a, a cube of butter at at refrigeration, uh, forty degree temperature. Uh, so the organism needs mobile fats which um, are stable at low temperatures uh, simply to function at those low temperatures. But if you look at the fish in the Amazon River where the the water is uh, up around 90 degrees, uh, these fish have fats that are just about as saturated as butter <laughs> because uh, they're... Um, their unsaturated fats would oxidize and uh, degenerate if they were living at that temperature. If you grow soybeans uh, in the tropics, soy oil then is practically as saturated as butter. Uh, The unsaturation is a defense uh, to um, maintain mobility on the molecular level. Uh, But it requires an antioxidant as well as low temperature for the cell to survive using those uh, unstable oils. Uh, In one experiment when I was uh, studying the the effects of these in cells, I just put a a rubber hose in a bottle of safflower oil and put the other end in a, a cup of water and Uh, you could see the water rising in the rubber hose uh, because the oil uh, was uh, consuming oxygen, just like I had an animal in the bottle uh, respiring. Uh, The oil respires as it degenerates and consumes oxygen. And in your body at at 98 degrees, uh, that happens even faster than at room temperature.
1: So I guess for, for the listeners, would you agree that just because, you know, all that makes sense to some of us, but to some of the listeners are probably going, whoa. So would you say that you are more in favor of vegetables like squashes or root vegetables that have less, or we could say very little polyunsaturated fatty acids in them, and you're not in favor of vegetables like greens and spinaches and lettuce and kales and things like that? Um, yeah, um, the,
2: the leaves are very good and important sources of magnesium and vitamin K, but uh, you have to uh, take into consideration the high proportion of polyunsaturated fats. So, for calories, calories, uh, squashes, and and root root vegetables are uh, safer as a as a major source of calories. But uh, fruits are even better. Because the uh, the, the uh, tissue contains a higher concentration of minerals uh, than uh, in the starchy uh, right. vegetables.
1: Okay. Yeah, I mean, because based off your work, I think that's reading it. It's definitely a, a it's it's a the science is is fascinating. And it's very challenging for for us, and I can imagine for the person but those are some of the conclusions that we've come to in regards to working with people with vegetables and getting results. So I just wanted to kind of bring that up so the listeners can get an understanding of where you're at. Um, Yeah, um, potatoes um, are
2: more like a a fruit or an animal protein in the total nutritional value, uh, even though uh, because they contain Practically no fat. Uh, it's good to have some kind of animal fat uh, with the potato, but uh, some of some of the roots are very starchy. Potato happens to be a very balanced uh, vegetable. Right. Mm-hmm.
0: So, in regards to omega threes, and how so many people today think that omega threes produce non-inflammatory prostaglandins? And I kind of want to get your take on that. I mean, do we need essential fatty acids to produce prostaglandins to fight inflammation, or is that just kind of something that is more is not so true?
2: Um, yeah, the um, some of the recent work on the anti-inflammatory effect of mm-hmm. the fish oil or the omega minus three fats uh, shows that um, they accumulate with aging for example, in the brain, and Alzheimer's or dementia patients uh, have a much higher level of these in the brain, and uh, uh, the, um, they spontaneously oxidize into not only toxic, anti-metabolic, uh, anti-brain tissue substances, uh, the neuroprostanes, uh, for example, but uh in the process of oxidizing, they suppress the immune system, too. Uh, It's an across-the-board toxic effect, but when you look at the immune system uh, suppressing the uh, cells that produce inflammation, you you get an interruption of an existing inflammatory process. the, um, several researchers have found that it's only the oxidized form, the broken down form of the fish oil, that has the anti-inflammatory effect. And if, when you prolong the feeding with this anti-inflammatory effect, you start seeing that uh, immunodepression is the, the longer-range effect. And the, the present extreme advocacy of, of fish oil for its anti-inflammatory effect um, it is very similar to uh, what the x-ray industry was doing 80 years ago, uh, even as recently as the 1950s and 60s. They were still treating uh, arthritis, uh, acne, psoriasis, ringworm, anything with an inflammatory component with X-ray treatment because its immediate effect is to create these lipid peroxides, which are uh, anti-inflammatory immediately, immunosuppressive in the long run, and uh, toxic in many ways eventually.
1: So, Ray, if you could tell us, you know, unfortunately, this show is only one hour, and we, we have about 25 minutes left, which is great, but I want to kind of get to more stuff. Maybe tell us, for the listeners, because most people say, well, you know, there's all these diets out there, the paleo diet, the metabolic typings, all these diets, and now, you know, a lot of what we do is promote. We promote a lot of your work, and people are like, well, now you're telling me I can't eat every, anything. It's like, I, I just can't. what am I supposed to eat? So maybe just tell us kind of like two things. Can you give us five key points on why you feel poofa is so dangerous? And then maybe some alternative fats, we can work into that, some alternative fats that are much more beneficial for our bodies.
2: Oh, well, um, olive oil is pretty safe because it, it has a great variety of antioxidants. Even though it's 10% PUFA, I, I recommend not eating more than a maybe a couple teaspoonfuls per day just because of that PUFA content that eventually can build up but the the toxicity of the PUFA will depend on your total calorie intake because if you use it for fuel as fast as you eat it, then it's going to have relatively small harmful effects. Uh, It's when you put it into storage and let it uh, really decompose and uh, have its long-range effect on your fat tissue and brain tissue That's when it becomes most harmful. Um, Coconut oil is uh, has only around one or two percent, depending on the temperature of where it grows, of the polyunsaturated fats, and so coconut oil and butter can actually have an antioxidant effect, uh, blocking the effects of these uh, these other breakdown products of the of the PUFA and can help to clean your tissues of the um the fats that you ate previously. And sugar um, from from whatever source, but especially from fruits, because of the minerals that help to stabilize and and organize the metabolism, sugar is naturally turned into uh saturated fats and we immediately create an omega minus nine type of fat when we synthesize fat from sugar, uh, and this, the mead acid, is produced from uh, th- th- any any uh, fat that we make ourselves, and these go on uh, for, to make the uh, multiply polyunsaturated fats that are used in uh, a few uh, places. Uh, at, and they have an anti-inflammatory effect. So uh, by avoiding the toxic anti-inflammatory effects, we're allowing our body to produce the natural anti-inflammatory mead acid series of fats, or omega minus 9.
0: And that's through the use of the saturated fats?
2: It's Really What's what? The
0: intake? Is that through the intake of saturated fats?
2: Saturated, not unsaturated. Oh, yeah. We we can uh, produce these from saturated fats, such wow. as um, in um, cocoa butter, chocolate fat. Uh, mm-hmm. That's stearic acid, and we can turn stearic acid into uh, the omega-9 fats.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Very interesting. Um, so... For the listeners, rate is promoting the use of saturated fats and not promoting the use of these poofs, which is, it goes against all societal belief, because I would say 99% of the clients who work have come in, they're on cod liver oil, they're pumping fish liver, um, fish oil into their body. Um, and the interesting thing, you know, researching yourself and reading, you talk about poofs and these fatty acids storing in the tissues, which is really interesting if you could elaborate on that, and how with a stress reaction or low glucose levels, that can actually in itself create hormonal or thy- like hypothyroid-like symptoms. Can you elaborate on that for for the listeners? Um, uh,
2: yeah, it's uh, very interesting, but very few people have been researching it, that uh, estrogen favors in some way the storage of these polyunsaturated fats and these fats Favor the influence of estrogen and activate estrogen. So uh, the thing that got me interested in it in the first place, people are still working on that uh, strange mutual effect of um, estrogen and the polyunsaturated fats. Uh, but uh, why it happens, I, I don't think anyone knows. Um, the... Um, when a mammal is born, uh, the brain and all of the tissues are, by the present uh, standards, they're deficient in in the essential fatty acids because the presence of the uh, meat acid that we synthesize naturally is taken as, as an indicator of deficiency of the essential fatty acids. Uh, and the, um, the the growth of the uh, fetus <clears throat> is inhibited when you try to correct that so-called deficiency by feeding the mother increased amounts of um, either the the seed oils or the fish oils. Um, the the um, The seed oils strongly inhibit our ability to make the mead acid. And the fish oils, one good thing about them is that they are less inhibiting of our ability to make mead acid than the seed oils are. Uh, But when 35 years ago experimenters fed pregnant mice and other animals uh, various diets with uh, corn oil versus coconut oil or uh, chocolate fat versus soy oil and so on. Uh, they found that the unsaturated fats caused the the pregnant animals to have small-brained babies, which uh, didn't learn very well. And uh, just uh, about a year and a half ago, some French researchers were going to uh, demonstrate that uh, pregnant women who were eating um, more of the unsaturated fats uh, had smarter babies already developing in their uterus, uh, they developed a way to um, produce a sound and measure the brainwave of the fetus. And they were going to demonstrate that the uh, the fetuses in the women who ate the unsaturated fats were learning quicker. But in fact, they found that they were less able to learn in proportion to the amount of polyunsaturated fat in their diet and when they were born they turned out to be smaller and to have smaller brains Uh, so it was exactly the opposite of what what they predicted that they would find but it exactly agreed with what the animal researchers had found 35 years ago
0: Uh,
2: one of the marketing uh, Tools of the um, the baby formula industry is is to um, say that uh, their product is is more like breast milk because they add the omega minus three fats to it, and uh, their argument there have been quite a few experiments measuring the baby's visual acuity um, and They don't mention that several of the experiments showed that the visual development was slower in the babies that had the polyunsaturated fats, Uh, but they claim that it accelerates the development of visual acuity. And they also don't mention that uh, some studies show that brain damage (laughs) increases the visual acuity for these uh, grading uh, sensing uh, tests.
0: Do you feel that, you know, with the elimination of these PUFAs and you know, and veggies and oils and um and increasing in saturated fats that this could actually, you know, reverse a lot of the things that we're seeing, say, with hormonal imbalances and thy- uh, hypothyroidism and immune system distortions and whatnot?
2: Um yeah. And and,
0: and you... how would that and how would that work? Um,
2: about uh, almost twenty years ago I had been reading and thinking about these ever since uh, 1970 when I was doing my thesis, uh, but I just hadn't done much uh, with my diet. I'd stopped using any of the liquid cooking oils or salad oils, but I just hadn't been extreme in my diet. But uh, I decided to experiment by adding uh, half an ounce to an ounce of coconut oil to my food And the immediate thing that I noticed was that for about an hour and a half after eating a tablespoon or so of of coconut oil, my heart was running at a a higher rate, and I was breathing harder, and my skin was pinker. And Mm -hmm. that went on for several days, and after a couple of weeks, I saw that I was losing weight quickly, even though I was eating uh, more calories per day. And... I had, uh, for about, uh, I guess, 30 years, I had maintained the same weight, but after two or three weeks, I saw that I was uh, heading for a lower plateau of of weight, and I've stayed there ever since, Uh, just occasionally adding a tablespoon or so of coconut oil uh, helps uh, activate my thyroid, in effect, because constantly... Uh, when we draw on the stored, unsaturated fats, uh, the, in proportion to the unsaturation of the fats circulating in the blood, all functions of our thyroid system are inhibited. Uh, we produce less hormone. We transport it less effectively. It uh, enters the, the mitochondria and nucleus uh, less effectively Uh And uh, so if you do anything to interrupt that supply of uh, stored, unsaturated fats, you immediately, like in 15 minutes, will feel the the surge of uh, respiratory activity. And um, hospitals uh, 20 or 30 years ago started using soy oil emulsions to uh, prevent... Weight loss in cancer patients. And uh, they quickly were seeing that um, the, the, um, their immune systems were suppressed. But uh, within about 15 minutes of putting a, a dose of the emulsified oil into the bloodstream, uh, their blood sugar went up. It, it immediately impairs the ability to oxidize glucose. And uh, uh, that's a whole uh, line of diabetes research that uh, isn't getting much public attention, but um, it's called the Randall effect uh, or the Randall cycle. Uh, This person showed that uh, the immediate effect of the presence of unsaturated fats uh, is to block the oxidation of, of glucose. And chronically, uh, then you have the oxidative damage to the mitochondria that uh, cause permanent uh, respiratory de- defects.
1: Interesting stuff. <laughs> fascinating. So it's
0: fascinating that that research is out there and we're still seeing. I mean, this, people are eating huge amounts of polyunsaturated such fatty acids, taking huge amounts of, this, of these fish oils and cod liver oils and whatnot, and I just don't understand <laughs> with it out there why we're still seeing this. You know, with so much disease, why we're still seeing this when it's been shown over and over again. Um,
2: th- there's a, a lot of um, money being invested in publicizing their it product.
0: Always, um, it always comes back to that, doesn't it? <laughs>
2: Yeah, everyone is still advertising that their their baby formula contains omega minus three. But um, the the, uh, couple of little studies that showed that just the fact of putting it in a dehydrated, powdered formula, you get a tremendous oxidative destruction of the fats. Mm -hmm. Uh, Something that you wouldn't get if you ate the same fats in a fish or got it in uh, breast milk
1: Hmm. so we've got about 10 minutes left and I want to kind of summarize the show and then maybe take a question because unfortunately an hour goes by quick and I honestly could probably talk to you for the next eight hours about this easily Um, but if you could summarize for the listeners like I said maybe five points for the listeners on why you don't like the poofs that are in vegetables and these called liberals. for example, because it can lead to, you know, mitochondrial issues and fatigue. Like some key points that people can walk away with, it's kind of stirring their brain so they understand, well, maybe this stuff is really not that good for me.
2: Um, yeah, it promotes estrogen's effect and interferes with the synthesis of uh, progesterone and other protective steroids. And inhibits thyroid, which uh, really uh, affects everything, including the ratio of estrogen to progesterone. And the um, chronic effect of the um, accumulated age pigment is—it's um, one of the powerful motors of aging. Uh, the um, wasting of oxygen is characteristic of uh, stress aging uh, proof of poisoning estrogen poisoning and radiation poisoning uh, and it actually makes you more sensitive to any mild radiation exposure uh, the the, um, the doctors and dentists who are, are uh, t- telling the patient that their their x-ray doses is minimal n- neglect even to think about the, uh, what the diet of the patient has to do with their sensitivity, but it has a great effect on, on how much damage you get from a given dose of x-ray. Um, in um, looking at the um, the historical effects, um, the, the publicity picks out only the what looks like a good effect, but they neglect that in Japan, for example, uh, the amount of fish in the diet uh, corresponds to um, uh, several types of cancer, digestive tract cancer, for example, and the metastatic cancers of several types are promoted uh, very distinctly by fish oils and omega-3 fats, not only the... the um, Seed oils and omega-6 fats that have been known to be carcinogenic for 70 or 80 years, but now the, um, the omega-3s are known to, to promote uh, several types of cancer and metastatic cancer. And uh, several brain diseases or degenerative conditions uh, besides Alzheimer's, uh, including uh, the Lou Gehrig's disease, or ALS, are are promoted. Uh, The actual formation of the prion in any of the prion diseases uh, and Alzheimer's resembles the mad cow disease, but the actual formation of the toxic uh, prion protein is accelerated by uh, the the polyunsaturated fats.
1: So for the listeners, I want to maybe, Ray, do you mind taking a call or no?
2: Sure, anytime.
1: Okay. So for the listeners, I've been reading Ray stuff for probably six years, and it's intense stuff, it's deep, but it's it's a 180 of everything you learn, let's put it that way, and probably people listening going, what, this doesn't make any sense. Hi. All I can recommend is go to his website, raypeat.com, R-A-Y-P-E-A-T.com. He's got, I think, five, um, he's got five books, I would start there. They're awesome. I've read each one probably six times. He's got tons of articles on his website that are a little bit deeper, but all your questions will be answered um, in those books and on his articles. So I highly recommend you reading it, whether you're a lay person or a practitioner. Um, and the bottom line is, if you read an article, just get ready to read it about six-plus times over <laughs> before you even understand a piece of it, which is awesome. So... Let's take a caller and see what we got going on here. Hello, you're on the air. Hello. Hello? Hi. Um. Hello. Yeah, you got a question for Ray? Yeah, I was just wondering. Um, I'm a pretty big um uh, metabolic typing fanatic, and I am a protein type, and I can't seem to get very many fats other than the meat, the fat that comes in meat. And if I can't, you know, obviously, if you're suggesting that maybe these Um, nuts aren't actually good for us, like we've been told, Um, how do you recommend getting the uh, uh, recommended amount of fat in that sense? I mean, I take coconut oil um, on a pretty daily basis, but that's really my only source other than animal fat. And I have vegetables here and there, but not very often due to um, my protein type. So I'm not sure if you're aware of metabolic typing or all that stuff, but that's kind of more what I'm asking.
2: Um. Well, tropical foods in general are pretty safe. Uh, The nuts that grow at a very high temperature are like coconuts, very saturated in their fats. Um, And uh, the reason I recommend tropical fruits is that uh, the small amount of fats in those are highly saturated. So anything that that lives or grows at a high temperature is going to be safe when it gets in our body at the same high temperature.
1: Okay, cool. Cool. Thanks for your question. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I think, too, Ray, and I could be wrong, that most people are so influenced by what they learn and what they know, and they get, co- get so, and this is just my opinion, they get so caught up in a system that they live by the system, if they they, they stray from the system, it's almost like, I don't want to say they make the symptoms up and they're feeling them, but it's almost like they feel like they're going against the tribe per se. Like, oh, my God, I can't have that because I'm a fast oxidizer metabolic type. And if I eat that, I'm going to feel bad. So when they do, they kind of feel bad. Um, and I only say that because we follow metabolic typing for a long time until we started straining and following the approach and kind of just abolished what I learned from other systems to try it, and it's worth amazing, kind of just opening myself up.
2: Um, Yeah, one of the things I didn't mention at all was the interaction between uh, intestinal toxins and the uh, unsaturated fats, but uh, that's a whole whole area that's very important, but uh, the... um, the leakiness of the intestine is promoted by uh, many things, but uh, it's worse when you are highly unsaturated.
1: Right, right. Let me take one more caller and we'll wrap it up. Oh, let's see. Uh, hello, you're on the air. you got to, um, not to push you along, we've got four minutes. you got to make the question the question to Ray kind of quick. Hey you there? All right, there you go. See you later. We'll try this one last guy that's been on here for a while. Hello, you're on the air. Hello, hello? Yeah, you got to make it a little bit quick. We've got three minutes, so you got to make it snappy. Okay, all right. You can hear me, right? Yeah, go ahead. Right. Okay. Hey, Ray, how you doing? Hi. I was curious about um, polyunsaturated uh, fats and the whole temperature thing. And so how do bears do it? Bears? Yeah, cuz they obviously um, get a lot of PUFAs, and well, they're obviously at you know 98 degrees and and uh they get a ton of PUFAs. I was just wondering what it, you know if there was any studies or info there.
2: I I think they they like to eat lots of berries for fattening up in the fall, but yeah. the hibernating, I think their temperature drops quite a bit. Their fat is uh, temperature is reduced during the winter, with squirrels and other hibernators, they've seen that if they don't let them eat the poof nuts if they give them a saturated diet, plenty of carbohydrates, they don't hibernate, (laughs) that the um, serotonin that triggers hibernation uh, comes up when when you reach a certain point of unsaturation in your fats.
1: Yeah. If you read his book, Generative Anatomy... He talks about that in generative anatomy, and, and I think another book of his, he, he touches upon that, so definitely check it out. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. I've got to wrap it up, so I'm sorry i got to hang up here, you, but I appreciate the questions. Okay. <laughs> All right, we've got two minutes left. Um like I said, I, I wish we could keep going. I'd love to have you on again and maybe continue this, or a lot of people want to know more about the thyroid. Everyone's asking about sugar, which is a huge topic with you, so I'd love to have you on again maybe in the next coming months to talk about your take on sugar. But we've got about 60 seconds left. Is there anything you want to add before we have to wrap it up? Um, no. <laughs> okay. Well, we really appreciate you taking time out to come on our show and just want you to know we really value we really value your work and everything you put out and we try to promote it um as much as we can, not only promoting it but using it with ourselves and our clients. So we just okay. want to say thank you. Great, thank you. Yeah.
0: Yeah, thank you, so thank much. you, Ray. Have a
1: great day. Okay. Bye.
0: Bye bye. Bye.
1: All right guys, there was The long, anticipated show with Ray, of course, 60 minutes, definitely not long enough to talk about a huge subject. He's got a lot to say, and a lot of it for people is mind-bending. But the goal is you have a little bit of an outline of what he thinks and why these things are bad for us. We can't tell you everything, right? As I've said before, like Charles Polican says, what am I at, you fucking librarian? Go do the research, go to his website, buy his books, um, and just start diving into this because I can tell you that from using his work, it's had a profound effect in our lives and our clients' lives. So, thanks for tuning in. We'll check you later. We got new shows coming in January. We're not going to do any in December. So, tune in. We're going to do homeopathy, more emotional stuff, and have Ray on again. So, thanks for tuning in. Thanks, guys. Bye, bye.